0: everyone. This is Lisa Freitas.
1: And I'm Katie Saad. And welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance recap podcast.
0: We are two moms, lawyers and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone,
1: grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to 90 Day Disasters. I'm here. uh, This is Lisa and I'm here with. Hey, guys, it's Katie. Katie. And we are doing a an archive episode of Before the 90 Days. Um, And this is going to be season one, episode three, The Language of Love. Ugh, I'm so sick of these puns. I know. <laughs> and the original air date on this one was August 13th, 2017.
1: Okay, and I have to make a comment separate from this just to start. So just, I have a lot, first of all, I have a lot of belief in kind of the powers of the universe and the law of attraction and then what you think about, you kind of get. I mean, I really, I really believe this. And just yet another one of these examples just occurred. It was, let's see, I think it was our last episode of 90 Day. Yeah, last episode of 90 Day, we were talking about Ashley and Jay. Um, Jay's the guy from Jamaica and how they have sex all the time, like constantly, multiple times a day, whatever. And you were joking that it was sort of like a urinary tract infection waiting to happen, but that she probably, you know, had access to what you termed an antibiotic called Cipro. (laughs) At the time, I was like, that doesn't sound right. I feel like that's something that's totally not an antibiotic. And I said it to you and you were like, no, no, this is definitely it. And so as the world war- the world turned, so to speak, I was watching, and you guys know this about me, my main like kind of chill out um, TV watching right now is archived episodes of The Real Housewives of New York. And so I'm in season five, which is the Aviva Drescher, the first Aviva Drescher season and actually, interestingly, again, this is something that you only notice like the second time around, kind of. But they had um, really thrown out a lot of their original housewives in that season. They had got, they'd already gotten rid of Bethany the previous season, and then by this time, they would gotten for this season. They sort of tossed out the baby with the bathwater, and they got rid of Alex McCord, who I actually think was a pretty good housewife. Um, Cindy Barshop, who only did that one previous season. Oh right. Or. And then someone else they also got rid of, I'm trying to remember. Oh, Kelly. Kelly Ben-Simon. And though, so they came They came kind of correct and had a new slate. And that included Abiba Drescher, who lasted for a few seasons. Carol Radzewill, who lasted for a long time and only just left in real time. And Heather Thompson, who was that like yummy tummy entrepreneur. And she right. But anyway... So Aviva Drescher, you know, we're meeting her in this season and she's explaining in this, they're all in this car on the way to some hotel bar where the bar was at the top of the building. I have no, I mean, looking back, maybe it was some kind of just promotional thing, like trying to promote the hotel, but it seemed completely random. Like they had no reason to be going there. And Aviva was explaining, I don't know if, well, I assume the only thing you remember about Aviva is that she has a prosthetic leg. (laughs)
0: Right. And she's kind (laughs) of just awful.
1: No, actually, it's funny. She, she, she either is awful and did an incredible job of faking it, at least when she was first introduced to the cast. Yeah, For the did. show kind of did her dirty. I don't know. I don't know her in my life, but she's actually very sweet, at least in the beginning, as far as I've gotten through season five. Anyway, so they're all in the car. They're all going to this rooftop bar.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Aviva is explaining. And, of course, she lost her leg in a childhood accident. She was riding around on a farm, a piece of farm equipment and got her leg caught in the gears or something or in a conveyor belt of some sort and lost her leg which is incredibly traumatizing she was six years old and so she's explaining to the ladies who already know about her background that she has a lot of anxieties around machinery so she doesn't like to be in planes she doesn't like to be in elevators and she also doesn't like heights because she sort of feels trapped you know and like there's nowhere to go but down or whatever Uh uh-huh she 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 has all kinds of weird and, and 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 that her sort of neuroses don't end there, and she starts going down this list of, like, weird things that she kind of carries around with her, and one of them is Cipro, which, of course, is like fucking mace.
0: It's an antibiotic. Is it? It's cipro flaxin.
1: I thought she was, the way she was describing it, like, in the, in the grouping that it was inv- included in, it sounded like it was a weapon of some sort.
0: No, it's like, you know what it is? It's like, um, so... Remember when there was that wave of, like, anthrax being mailed yeah. to people? Yeah, well, they they were giving people Cipro because Cipro is the antibiotic to to um anthrax or to that you know to that poison and so i was like so people were actually getting on Cipro as a precaution in case uh. they opened mail that had an anthrax in it It was kind of like a everybody's freaking out about it so that's why it makes sense in that context with the viva but for me just you know when you've taken when you have an uti you usually are um, given an antibiotic but a lot of people are resistant to the basic antibiotic that they give you yeah. and so it doesn't kill the UTI immediately and so sometimes you have to try something else Cipro is a much stronger antibiotic so I automatically just get prescribed citro- Cipro now and it's Cipro is like the full name but it goes by like Cipro
1: well, I want to go ahead and just not apologize for spending the first five and a half minutes of this <laughs> clearing up. that didn't need to be cleared up. Yes. So there.
0: Yeah, it, it's basically cures like a, bacterial infections, a bunch of bacterial infections. But primarily, it was that anthrax scare that I remember everybody was because and you know why I remember this very clearly, because I think I had a UTI around that time. And oh, wow. Cipro was running low, and uh, my pharmacy didn't have it. And so I had to wait because they had to back order it because everybody was getting Cipro at that time. So, and you know, I wonder if,
1: because you know, I'm, I'm watching these old episodes of Housewives. So it could be that this episode was being filmed at that
0: time. Yeah, it's very, very possible. I mean, because it was a while ago. I mean, it was a long, it was, I feel like it was like, oh, gosh, I don't even know. T- a lot many years ago I, I, know, I think it was before i was married for the record
1: i never know how long it's been you know since something happened ever i know <laughs> it's like, it's like i don't know what year it is anyway okay so we can move back away from my humiliation and back to this episode of more the 90 days we're starting with darcy So go
0: ahead. oh yes biggest forehead ever darcy okay um so he takes her to his you know efficiency apartment Um, She can't stop staring at him, and he is totally avoiding eye contact with her. Well, she
1: said her type is tall, handsome, looks like a supermodel. Yeah. Which, okay, I think that's everybody's type in theory, but there are more important things than those aspects of a human being. And then she sort of continues on the the superficiality train when she says that she wants a fairytale engagement and a ring on this trip. Right we've already mentioned in a previous episode that he seems to be looking at this more of a child period she seems to be looking at it as essentially what she just said which is a fairy tale and she's like in the part of the fairy tale where she's in like the carriage you know going towards the prince or whatever
0: and this is my thing i think that this is i this is why i think i relate more to jesse than i do to darcy and i know he's a hated character or person on the series and I get it. And I don't love him either, but I think the thing that I connect with, with him is that he's very, he seems very realistic and what he says isn't necessarily wrong. It's just his delivery is very militant and controlling, but he's not necessarily wrong. It's just that it's, it's a shame he has to be the one to deliver the message because I, I I mean, he's being realistic, and I, I kind of get where he's coming from, and especially since she's so like on the opposite end of the spectrum.
1: Yeah, but he's also stating things that are kind of He's kind of stating things that are obvious, like that that are sort of obviously true. And I agree with you. It's about delivery. But the issue that I take is that I think that the fact that the things he has to say, which are like objectively true, um, that she's so unaware of them and she's so out of touch with reality, it kind of calls Mm -hmm. into question for me his motives for being in the relationship at all.
2: Like, in other words, you shouldn't have, I things, mean,
1: like so obvious to somebody, if you're in a, in a, you know, that are, that has any gravity, you know, and these are very important things about life and marriage and partnership, you know, you shouldn't have to say those things to your partner as if they were a child, you know, who's sort of incapable of understanding anything. Like why, in other words, why is he with her? Like, it is so wildly inappropriate and ridiculous, their relationship to me,
0: just as far as the yeah. mismatch of what they expect, if nothing else. I agree with that. I agree with that. And. These are things that should be obvious, but it just, I think it just, for me, I, I, my reaction isn't compassion for her. It's like irritation of her by, like, she just irritates me.
1: Well, it is kind of, it is kind of, um, of it's a little offensive that she is so out of touch with reality. You know, you kind of just want to slap her. <laughs>
0: like- well, and the thing that makes it even worse is like, she has children. She has daughters. I think that's the thing that bothers me the most about this is she has daughters. Like what kind of message are you sending to your daughters when like, this is how they're going to obviously watch the show. Maybe maybe not. I mean, maybe she's insulating them. I mean, I doubt it, but okay. Maybe. I mean, I hope she would, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's only so much you can do to insulate like girls that are, I mean, they're older now. I mean, just as as sh- the show goes on, they just keep getting older. So it's going to be harder to keep it. Yeah, that's them. true. And
1: she's referring to herself to him as like his wifey, you know. So yeah. how likely is it that she's not being sort of ostentatious about her her expectations, which do appear, at least from his perspective, to be unrealistic. And and it sort of it goes it's it's illustrated in cringeworthy um, effect when he blindfolds her to enter for her entry to his sort of like euro efficiency apartment, which I don't know if it's that he's worried that if he opens the door and she's all, like still outside the threshold that she'll just turn tail and run away when she realizes that there isn't going to be sufficient room for her panties or <laughs> the other you know however much the crap she brought with her or if you know, I, I didn't get it because in theory it was a romantic thing. And there is, of course, and she refers to it, there is this sort of like old school tradition of a groom carrying his bride over the threshold of their home or wherever they're going, um, you know, the night of their wedding. Um, but then when she suggests to him that he do that, he just like totally blows her off. So I thought it was a little inconsistent, you know, that he blindfolded her and made it this like big romantic thing, but then wouldn't sort of play along with what was, to me, at least the sort of obvious um next sort of step
0: <laughs> but it kind of that now there i would say that sort of speaks to his controlling nature because that wasn't the exactly plan. it wasn't his idea so it's- it wasn't his plan
1: yeah
0: so yeah no i see that i could see that and,
1: and um the controlling but- thing where it's so hard to tell to draw the line between controlling and just being like super considerate. Like he got her silk sheets, he says, for her hair, which I
0: didn't really know
1: about that. But I I have sort of, I don't, I don't do that myself, but I have heard that that's a thing that it's good for your hair and it like prevents frizz.
0: It's really, it's really very prominent in um, like African-American culture. So it's like a cultural thing for African-Americans because it keeps their, their hair is different than, um, other types of hair, which we all know, and so um, it's it's very common for them. And actually, you know, I learned that. So I actually don't just watch reality TV. Sometimes I watch network television, mm-hmm. and so, I know, right? Time. So <laughs> I'm obsessed with This Is Us. Oh on my NBC. god, me too. Okay, so if you saw last um, week, the Kevin, one of the char- main characters, is dating. Um his sister in law's sister I know it's very confusing, but she's african american yeah. and he she makes a big deal because they're traveling together and she makes a bit she complains that she doesn't have her silk pillow and he interprets it as she's just fancy, she needs to sleep on a silk pillow eye right. roll you know kind of thing but for her it's it's not about that it's because she has you know african American hair and for her she sleeps on a silk pillow so it doesn't frizz out you know because she doesn't wash her hair every day and so she doesn't want it to dry out she wants to keep the moisture in so she sleeps on a silk pillow so it was really interesting to see like that was a very and and he in his just like ignorance I mean you know a lot of people maybe may not know that but he didn't I think her issue with it was that he didn't ask so it's kind of funny because this is kind of a parallel when I saw that episode, I was thinking back to this episode about the silk pillow and I'm like, oh, that's probably why. Because she probably has very um, thick hair and maybe it's curly or maybe it's just like that really thick kind of hair that frizzes, like my hair. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, I was like, I should get a silk pillow because my hair is super frizzy. Not only do
1: I not have that kind of hair, but I... Honestly wouldn't probably bother to do anything about it if I did. I shower like twice a week.
0: (laughs) Like for me, I mean, I haven't clearly done anything about it. I don't really I'm not doing anything about it either, but um but I just thought it was an interesting thing because I was like, Oh wow, I'm you learn something every day. And so I feel like that's something she would be really concerned about. It's so
1: scholarly of you to be like cross referencing,
0: you know. (laughs) Scholarly. this is us and a uh, 90 day fiance. I know, you right?
1: Be, like working towards a PhD in like trash
0: television. <laughs> get it done Absolutely. really quickly. Like, <laughs>
1: get PhDs. Anyway, so he has the silk sheets for her or at least a silk pillowcase. He also has this, like, what's it called? I, I never know how to pronounce this, but there's this word. I think it's like a Scandinavian thing. It's like huga or higa or higgy. You know, it's this thing, this idea that in Nordic countries, and I don't know if Amsterdam or if um the Netherlands counts, but I feel like it does, that they have these tough winters and they have to figure out ways to sort of feel, to like make the winter a good thing. So they kind of focus on being cozy is my understanding. And mm. so it's like the idea of like very thick socks and a big blanket and a steaming cup of something. And he kind of does that. He has this sort of like 24-hour Yule log TV program, <laughs>
2: <laughs> which I thought
1: was kind of sweet. Sort yeah. Of the move, But it was also funny because his apartment is so small and dormant <laughs> that the best he could do for like getting it to some degree of, you know, kind of warmth, not not physical warmth, but emotional warmth was like putting a fire on the TV. <laughs> so good for him for trying. And then he's also pissed that she brought two bags when he told her to only bring one. Um, so you get the controlling thing. He says she's, quote, impulsive and chaotic. And he wants her to take her shoes off. Um, and he says it's a trial
0: period. Again, I don't know if, I don't remember if he said that out loud
1: to her or if he said it to us in confessional.
0: I don't remember either, but I, I feel like I, I, I remember thinking that it shouldn't be a surprise to her. And I think that was why I was even more annoyed that she keeps bringing up marriage every chance. But it's she, like gets. she
1: knows for a fact that he's not there yet. So it's, it's very passive aggressive in a way yes. to keep mentioning it like that and like berating him about it.
0: Yeah, I know it's. Yeah. Anyway, I do get that, but I mean, did you notice the female torso on top of the closet, which I thought was a fridge when I was first watching? Very strange decor. (laughs) Yeah, it's. uh, I don't know. Anyway, um, and I also thought it was kind of funny he didn't really help her with her stuff.
1: Oh, I didn't notice that.
0: Yeah, she was like struggling, like trying to bring everything in with the stilettos. Oh, and... that's not good. That's
1: not.
0: No, that drives me crazy. Yeah, I
1: agree. So he's
0: all right. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, okay. Uh, well, the other thing I thought was really strange was that you know, he talks about her with more. Um, he talks a. He has this thing, the same thing Paul has, and we're going to talk about Paul next, but I mean, it's the same thing where they talk about the person with much more feeling than they do to the person. Oh, interesting. I find that very odd. I, I guess I see it more with Paul, but it just is so odd to me. Like, they're just so much more, like, affectionate in when they speak about them in, like, a confessional, but then when they're actually face-to-face, there's less of an emotional connection Yeah, but that,
1: like, makes perfect sense. To me, that is someone, a situation where the the guy, in this case, is more in love with or into the idea of the woman than the actual woman. And that show comes in so perfectly, especially in Before the 90 Days, where they're meeting for the first time, that it's like the perfect storm, where they have fallen in love, hopefully, possibly, whatever, allegedly with the idea of this particular woman but then once she's in front of him and he sees whatever you know he deems to be flaws then mm-hmm. that it it really it really it gets kind of ruined for him but he's still like stuck with this woman. Right. All along. Like in this case it's a 6 week trip in an efficiency apartment.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. Of that's a lot. For anybody Especially
1: with all her chaotic energy bouncing off the
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that I that's all I have for them. Um, do you, do you have anything else? No, we can go to Paul. Okay. Um I feel like we're still experiencing a little bit of technical difficulties here. Oh god, I wonder what's going on. Okay, let's stop. I don't know.
1: We'll stop the recording and come back.
0: Okay. All right. So, um let's are we ready to move on to Paul and Carini?
1: Yeah, and I'm so sorry for the technical issues, you guys. I don't know what's going on. Um, we'll try our best to not have that happen again. But if it does, we're sorry. And, yes, we are ready for still <laughs> waiting um, on the dock.
0: <laughs> he is waiting. And what I find fascinating is that it shows him waiting, and he's like, he has been waiting for some time. and yeah, it I shows think
1: 45 minutes ended up being the number.
0: Yeah, but at- – as he's waiting like he's already arrived karini's like just starting to get ready
1: yeah which is so rude again and you know you and i disagree about this i personally think she should have met him or could have met him or maybe i would have met him i don't know in Manaus, and so it's bad enough that she's made him like come all the way down the amazon to meet her and now she's not even going to be there at the port you know knowing that he doesn't speak the language like that's just rude and i don't know if it was just staged you know if the producer just straight up, like, made her go late. I That would not surprise me if that was the case. Yeah. Just for the drama, you know.
0: Yeah. And um, so he thinks he's being catfished, But he, this is an... I think this is where it's more obvious, where you have somebody who talks about their love of a person and then ends up, like, not really showing it it's weird but i i just you you
1: mean you didn't think it was romantic the way he was patting her like a dog
0: no i feel like that's what my I that's what my my two-year-old and well actually both of my kids when they were babies you know how you pat your baby on the back i yeah i thought it was so cute because my babies when they were babies and i would carry them they would pat me and we're like oh they're giving
1: us pats like we give them pats it and- was exactly the same, so you gotta wonder if his mom's not still patting him on the back like a baby.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's, where he, that's mean, how he
1: thinks he should communicate.
0: <laughs> I would not be surprised. It um, it actually
1: would be sweet if it was his mother, like mother to son. I think that's cuter. This yeah. is this was just he seemed awkward and it seemed like he didn't know what to do with his hands. I mean, and by the way, we've skipped ahead a little bit, to where yeah. No, we have, we see. have.
0: So, we meet Karini, and she's 21 years old, and she's from Tonantine's. Uh, brazil which is on the amazon it's like a little village um and her mom is worried and as she rightly so i mean you know this is their their daughter she's only 21 and i say only 21 because it seems like culturally it's very young like i can see an american being 21 and not it not seeming that young but in right. this respect, I think because she still lives with her family and she lives in this really small town, I I'm guessing she doesn't get out much. Um but it She does seem sheltered. Yeah. And
1: and, and not just sheltered the way you, like someone in the United States can be sheltered, but someone who's sheltered on top of being in this incredibly remote place where there just right. isn't that much access to other cultures or even frankly People. the rest of
0: Brazil. Right. So um so her mom is worried and uh It's So she brings her, she decides to bring her sister. And we get a glimpse into her room, too, which looks like it belongs to my toddler.
1: It was Uh, weird how she had this, like,
0: collection of child backpacks hanging on the wall. It's just everything about her. And maybe that's what leads also to, you know, her maturity level where she seems very young. uh, Like a young 21 is just this, like, that she loves stuffies.
1: Yeah, she, <laughs> she does have a lot of stuffed animals, and I think he brought some for her too. Yeah,
0: it's just weird. I don't know, and it could, and it, you know what? It could also be a thing. Like, so when my grandmother um was alive, she was she's my my Portuguese grandma from Portugal, and so she when she grew up, she didn't have dolls. She always wanted a doll, and she never had one. They didn't have a ton of money, and so she never had a doll. And in her like nineties, she would go to like Rite Aid. And they would have these, like, huge dolls, like, three feet tall or something like that. And she would buy them and put them on her bed. And then she, like, got one for my sister and I for Christmas or something. And I was, like, 14. I'm, like, why do I want this doll? But it totally was, like, her finally getting the doll that she always wanted. So it kind of reminded me a little bit of that where, like, maybe they just can't afford – the luxury i mean for us it's like oh great another stuffy but like maybe for her she just never got that and always wanted like a stuffed animal or something and so it's kind of this is her like oh yay look at i get all these stuffies now so yeah maybe she like really treasures them Yeah, so I I don't know. I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. Just because I remember my grandmother and when my grandmother passed away, I remember us going through her stuff and she had all these dolls. And they weren't like, they weren't like American Girl dolls. They weren't like these big, they were from Rite Aid, you know, how they have like a little toy section. And they have these big dolls, and I remember well, that. Well, I'm
1: glad your grandma's like childhood dreams came true.
0: For the record, <laughs> I know. I'm glad she finally got her dolls, even and, if
1: it took till she was 90.
0: Yeah, and she used to put it on her bed, like it, when she'd make her bed, she laid the doll down on her bed, and it was kind of funny. But yeah, so anyway, all right. So she's got all these these dolls, and we go to she goes with her sister to meet Paul. Oh,
1: and by the way, she notes in confessional that she likes kind of his look, and she refers specifically, I believe, to sort of his coloring and the fact that he's, you know, maybe blonde haired and blue eyed. I feel like she said. And that's the thing, you know, I get that because if nothing else, and I said this in a previous episode, and I think it's a theme of the show, there's something about something different, something that you don't normally have access to, that you don't normally see, whether that's a place or, you know, a kind of weather or, you know, the look of. The people you know so there is to her he's exotic which is hilarious because of course it's to us it's the opposite and that and that he is the opposite of exotic you know sort of
0: yeah you know so
1: that i thought that was really really interesting and i think it, it 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 lent some credibility to her as far as her actual interest level in him being high
0: and it could also be i mean i know i'm like referencing my old grandmother a lot in this episode. But you know Yeah, my, she's getting a lot of play. I love she it. She is. Um, I hope she's listening from beyond. Um
1: oh, but, she definitely, definitely <laughs> is. This is how every every everyone in the afterlife spends their time. This is heaven. This is, <laughs>
0: this is what is, my definition right. of
1: heaven is sitting around talking about 90 days <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Um, but she, you know, would always comment on kids that were or babies or whatever that were so light skinned and (laughs) i always joke about how because you know my mother is mexican and darker skinned and my dad is portuguese very light skinned and my sister and i are like a perfect combination like we're not super dark we're not super white um but it's interesting to me because of course my sister and i married like the two whitest guys in the world and you
1: definitely did i have not met your sister's
0: husband but you definitely did yeah he's basically but he's my sister's husband's like basically as white as Chris, except has like lighter hair. Um, and I feel like my grand—I always say this because my my husband never met my grandmother, and his son, my stepson, is also blonde, blue-eyed, like very white. I'm like my grandmother would have loved them because for her. But it's and it's not necessarily like a racist. Like she doesn't like you know necessarily a a certain race it's more of a cultural thing because in portugal especially in the town where she grew up and where she lived and where my father grew up if you were dark-skinned it meant you worked in the fields you were a farmer and you were poor yeah yeah that's a common that's a common thread it's very common with a lot of cultures so that's where i see her saying oh he's so light he's so blue because if you're poor you work outside and if you're white And fair-skinned, it means you had more money and you worked indoors or you didn't work and you were always, you know, indoors. So my grandmother had this issue even with one of her sisters who was very dark-skinned in comparison. And it was because she was a farmer and she worked outside and she had a lot of land and all this stuff. But it's very interesting because she, my grandmother, preferred to spend time with her lighter-skinned sisters and would always make comments I mean she made comments to my sister and I all the time when we would get tan you know we'd go to the beach or whatever we would come back and really we mm. tan and she'd be like oh you guys are so dark <laughs> and, but you know I don't get
1: that vibe from Karini that she is thinking that his lightness you know of skin and hair and everything is better just that it's different you no know, but it's that it's that not interesting to
0: her it's not necessarily better but it's it's something that I think is and I don't think it's a it's necessarily a conscious thing like oh Oh, I gotta marry a white guy it's just kind of like a general like oh we've always you know learned about these white you know he must he must have money or he must you know it's kind of like the way when you see people who are dressed well or whatever you know it's not that you're necessarily thinking, oh, I'm, you know, that guy's better than me or something, but it's just something that's maybe more attractive in some ways. I don't know. I, I, got no, I you're, that, I think you're underlying I think you have a, vibe. I think you have a fair, I think
1: it's a fair guess.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, do, I understand. And I do think she really does like him too. I mean, I think she's very smitten. And I mean, he is something she's ne- probably never seen, especially there. Um, And he comes
1: off as like a a sweet guy. I mean, I think that his affect is, and and the the foot that he leads with his sweet foot, you know, like he's he seems kind and considerate, and um and so I can totally understand why she would fall again fall in love with the idea of him, right? And then when he actually presents himself, which he does, she actually cries, which you know, and you and I have I have at least in my mind contrasted this to when Abby meets Sean for the first time, and I felt that she had crocodile tears. Right. This was real. Like this yeah. was to me, you know, my opinion of this in contrast was that it was real and she was overwhelmed by emotion and she wasn't disappointed by what she saw, which given his mosquito netting, um, you know, is <laughs> admirable on her part. And his but- old man shoes. And also, it's the way it's kind of heartwarming because it's the only way, ultimately, it turns out that she is able to communicate with him at this first meeting. It's basically through tears. Like, yeah. they, they, the language thing is a complete non starter for them.
0: I mean, it's ridiculous to me that they are, you know, that Paul says the language barrier was a lot harder than I thought it would be. No, well, she called it a barrier. How did you think it was going to be? Did you honestly think it was going to be super easy to communicate with somebody who? Cannot speak your language. and But
1: he he literally may never have been in that position before. For all we know, he's never talked to somebody in his life, you know, for any, any real amount of time or with any real intention of communicating anything kind of nuanced or significant, you know, where the person didn't speak English. I mean, that is completely possible.
0: No, I know. But, like, I just... I he's 34 years old. You're telling me in his 34 years it never occurred to him that not speaking the same language as the person that you want to marry would be difficult?
1: No, it's definitely short-sighted and he's definitely paying for it now. I mean, it was a relatively awkward. I mean, it was warm yet awkward.
0: It the, was so awkward and it's got to be frustrating. Like can you imagine so always having to like get your phone out to communicate with the person no, that you're like dating? I that would drive me crazy.
1: Although, to be honest with you, with these particular two people, and spoiler alert, of course, I've seen every episode of both seasons of the show, and Paul and Karini not only finish out this season still being, you know, shown, but they're, like, a major focal point of the next season, so we're following them, And it turns out that over the course of their relationship, in my opinion, that having the translator app actually probably helps them a little bit <laughs> because it kind of forces them to think before they speak. Yeah. Which I think for them is is kind of an issue because they have like a relatively volatile relationship
0: yeah you're probably right i mean i i i can see that i just god I so just, maybe
1: siri saved them
0: they're <laughs> they're they're surprised at the difficulty of having a relationship where they can't speak each other's language is just appalling to me <laughs> like i just (laughs) tell
1: me what tell me how you really feel
0: (laughs) i i'm just so like i can understand if you're like a teenager and you're like oh i didn't get it i didn't know it'd be so hard (laughs) well she's two steps from a teenager
1: i mean she she but
0: him like come on man really oh
1: yeah and it's weird because he does seem drop dead serious about her he really does so it's weird that he didn't take the time and effort anyway okay i think we've beaten this to a poll.
0: Yes, we have. Okay, so now we're going to meet Courtney, who is from Orlando, Florida. She's twenty six. She's twenty six years old, and she lives with her parents. I and... love her
1: parents, by the way. <laughs> her parents are so sweet, and they I never me mentioned up. this. I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast, but my dad's side of the family is from the Midwest. They're from mostly from Wisconsin, and um, these her parents totally reminded me of basically that side of my family, like very sweet. Um, I don't know. I don't want to use a pejorative term. I'm trying to think of like a nice way of saying that they're kind of like, um, what is the word I'm looking for? I I keep thinking of dorky, but that's totally not it. Um, They're, they're kind of
0: plain. kind of
1: a, plain like a simple i mean honestly the word is mid is midwestern (laughs) they have kind of like a midwestern vibe to them which i say is a compliment by the way there's nothing better than people from the midwest who are like so kind and genuine and that is her parents like the earnestness is just dripping off of them
0: yeah they are and and you know a little bit like naive about the fact i mean they have this this daughter who is like really pretty and blonde and likes to go out and party which is so not their style and never has been i mean oh you're Mm. right i don't know that for sure but and you know what maybe they
1: break out the schlitz you know and they party hard (laughs) with their friends from like the bridge
0: (laughs) (laughs) um maybe i doubt it but maybe um so but she's
1: traveled a lot. Like there, she I don't think has concern. She's not nineteen, having never left the country. She is no. very, very well traveled. She she did the kind of like classic Instagram millennial thing and quit her job to go like traveling around the world. Which good for her if she had enough savings to do that. I definitely no. didn't when I was her age.
0: No, I think it's great that she did that, and she's also um, it's, it's also okay. This is going to sound incredibly sexist, and I'm not trying to be, but it's interesting how. I don't find it creepy that she lives with her parents, but I find it totally creepy <laughs> that Paul and uh, Colt from season six of 90 day fiance live with their parents, moms.
1: I agree. I also don't find it as creepy, um, but I have to say for me, it's probably because Courtney is a, she is significantly younger than either of them. That's true. 20s, her her That's true. She's in her twenties.
0: That's true. in her
1: twenties, not her thirties. And also, like I said, she is well-traveled and kind of like, you know, independent and... It, she to seems it to have seems her own like, life. Yeah, to me it seems like her parents' house is like a soft place to land as opposed to like... Yeah. She, you know, and I'm not saying this is true of Paul or Colt, but that, you know, she doesn't seem like she couldn't just live somewhere else if she, you know, didn't want to save rent or whatever.
2: That,
0: yeah. So it makes
1: sense to me. But of course I'm making you know all these ridiculous assumptions with absolutely no basis which is kind of like what I like to do in my life
0: so. yeah no I hear you um I think that she sounds kind of dumb um but she's pretty and <laughs> she has a bad picker she has a bad picker she's she has for a really bad marry. picker she's looking
1: for someone to marry and I think that she just keeps ending up I think she says that she's been lied to and cheated on and can't get a guy to commit and of course that's a very old story so yeah you know it's not surprising I, no but it's sad I mean I think that the idea is that she felt like she needed to go travel the world because in other cultures men take you know commitment more seriously which begs the question why she ended up picking a Spanish guy um and I'm not saying by any means that there isn't you know it isn't like a highly respected thing in the Spanish culture to be married and be committed but there's also kind of the European playboy thing Mm -hmm. And the guy, and we'll get into who he is. I mean, he just like fits that to a T. So she's she's got a bad picker, is my opinion.
0: She does have a bad picker and she also makes poor choices. I mean, she did the so she decided when she was traveling internationally that she would do this international dating app. And I've heard of people doing this before if they're especially if they're traveling alone, which it sounded like she was doing. Yeah, to like
1: find someone to have dinner with. Yeah, it's like
0: it's sort of like international tinder or something where you're like yep. you meet random people as you're traveling tinder, she I might have like been the
1: american apps like do work outside the country yeah
0: so but the thing about antonio specifically is he didn't actually respond to her um tinder swipe or whatever until after she left the country and came back yeah, which to is the United weird. States. Why? why
1: would he do that like what's the point you know i don't get it
0: yeah, I don't get it either because just don't swipe if you're not interested. Um, but she really is interested in him. He's very good looking. He's a model. It seems he's gorgeous. He's, I would
1: actually venture to say that he's the best looking person on this entire
0: show ever. He is very good looking. Um,
1: and, but, but they only communicate via text. Like He basically could just without even making any kind of good excuse just kind of blows her off and won't have you know, FaceTime or, you know, Skype or whatever, like any kind of like real-time voice-to-voice connection. They've never even talked on me. the
0: phone.
1: Yeah, how can she possibly not kind of question that? And, you know, also, I the thing that I don't understand about this guy is what are his motives really? Like, why is it, why is it so much more time-consuming for him to be on the phone with her for five minutes than to be constantly texting with her? Because it seems like they are constantly texting. And for for me, like that, that, that is something that would be very time consuming, And I would think that I would have to be serious about someone to be engaging in that kind of like constant communication. So why is he drawing this
0: line? It well, seems
1: like he has.
0: To me, it seems like he's obviously a narcissist and he likes the attention and she's clearly like interested and willing to, to accept not. Ta- I mean, it's just like a guy here where like there if there was a girl interested and they're not calling them back or trying not trying to talk to them very much it's like they want to keep them around because they feed their ego but there's no real interest or anything and but i'm it seems sure like he's does. talking to
1: her all the time like that yeah that just, is such it, a time commitment is my point
0: no you're right it's bizarre i mean i don't know why he's even bothering Um, Yeah, it's just
1: weird. And it's the same question of like, why he didn't write her until she was already gone. It's like, why does he, it almost seems like he wants to have sort of a long distance relationship where there isn't much, you know, real, let's call it contact, which is just odd. Like, why would you want that?
0: Right. No, I get it. I hear you. I think the whole thing is weird. I think it's weird to go to Spain and Think you you're marrying somebody, or think that you could potentially marry somebody who you've never spoken to live or seen on video, like a video chat. I yeah, think but that's I weird. Of, she,
1: she seems kind of naive, so oh, I believe She's... it. I mean, I don't have a hard time buying this on her end.
0: No, I mean, I get it. I mean, she just seems really dumb.
1: <laughs> I know. I'll stick with naive. <laughs> he's very smooth. Um, You know, he's kind of he's like. He's just suggesting that they're going to get married and have kids and she has a voice of reason conversation with her parents and she tells her parents that he hasn't told his parents about her um, which is interesting and definitely but, goes to the idea that he isn't taking it seriously at all.
0: And she does tell them that she hasn't spoken to him but she, she's she been following him on Instagram.
1: Yeah, I mean that's an intimate connection. I follow <laughs> him I was and, one.
0: and her dad is so awesome because he's just like it sounds like you know probably what they consider that catfishing. <laughs> okay,
1: so you're using kind of like a quasi-southern accent, but this is these people have like midwestern accents. It's very different.
0: Yeah, you're right. I know. I I'm not an accent person. I am not an actress.
1: Okay. Well, I just I'll, pretend I
0: think, that I have accents.
1: I don't think I can do a midwestern accent either. But no. he he said what he says is catfish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get to I go to like my friend. Um, you get too twangy. I do. Although I did have a friend from Michigan in law school that we used to always kind of talk like her.
1: It's a fun accent. And then, oh, and then the other thing is her poor mom, you know, who's clearly, and I think this is so sweet. Okay. In a way her mom apparently gets like burst eye blood vessels from her anxiety about this relationship. So she ends up walking around with like, I assume sort of like the white of her eye turned blood red. And I think that it's actually incredibly sweet. And it, 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 struck me very like a very deep chord for me that the mom has this concern but also trusts her daughter enough to kind of let her do it and she's not going to say anything she's just going to let her eyes like explode from the inside from the anxiety of it all which I just think is, is kind like she's letting her daughter live her life even though she lives with them And she's telling them everything. And I think it's why Courtney is so open with her parents. Like, they give her reasonable advice without overstepping. And I I, think everyone wants parents like that. Okay. Every adult. Every adult.
0: I see it from a different perspective. I see the mom as super non-confrontational. She's not going to confront her daughter because she doesn't want to get into any – she doesn't want to rock the boat. So I don't see it as much as trusting, as just, like, blindly hoping that things work out. Because she doesn't want to have to like have that difficult conversation. She well, seems like be she both. avoids.
1: Can, can it be both though?
0: I, I mean, guess so. Right, you know, but
1: but I just feel difficult. like it makes
0: her sound so sophisticated to be like so free range and like, oh, I trust free my range, daughter. 30,
1: 26. I mean, there's nothing to tend. There's no chicken to tend at
0: that No, point. but I know, it's but hard. you're like, she's letting her go. She couldn't really, she doesn't really have a say.
1: I did think it was funny. The parents were like, uh, maybe meet in a public place. And she's like, yeah, good idea. It's like sorry, I know. the first rule of online dating, that you meet in a public it's... place. And the second rule is you don't get in the car.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's so, like, naive. And, like, I mean, I think her par- her dad knows for sure. He's just like, this is going to be a fucking train wreck. Um, I think but... they trust
1: her, though. I think they trust her to at least not get murdered.
0: Yeah, or they just start crossing their fingers.
1: Like I think they think she's gonna get her heart broken, but that she's probably gonna come back alive. So
0: Well yeah, except words. they might have like they might be thinking all el- something else when they're like, get a hotel room.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, we'll get into that later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, like sleeping arrangements.
0: Um, so anyway, I mean the thing the thing that also bothers me with these people is that like they put so much weight on this like sort of false relationship almost what do you mean who does these people like all of them and especially courtney where she's like if he catfishes me i will be devastated it's like you haven't even really talked to him yet how can you be devastated like yeah you'll be disappointed but like come on
1: it's a sunk cost issue, you know. Like, she has spent so much time texting this guy. She's told all her friends about him. She's, you know, spent all this money on a ticket. She's going there, you know. It, although, she keeps saying it's, uh, she's going across the world. It's like a six-hour flight from Florida <laughs> I know. to Spain, I feel like.
0: Um, I know. I think. Yeah, it is. It's pretty – it's not that far. It's not as far as California going there, for sure,
1: obviously. Um, before we get to Darcy, by the way, our – um. Co-host is calling to me from oh. downstairs. PD <laughs> has PD has awoken from her nap and is making her presence. so I think she has opinions about this.
0: I'm sure she does. I so know I'll it's one of her, her favorite shows.
1: It's definitely one of her favorite shows. Um, just for sheer exposure, so I will go and ask her what her opinions are, and then we will come back.
0: All right, sounds good. All right, bye. bye. All right, so now we are with Courtney. Is that right?
1: No, we're on Darcy.
0: Oh, oh, right, right, right. Sorry. For the
1: cycling date. Oh, God. This was so painful. and Yeah, this was tough.
0: In a different way than you might think. Like, I know a lot of people are thinking, God, Jesse's such a dick. And all I'm thinking is, oh, my God, Darcy, you're so annoying.
1: Oh, come on. Okay, I, <laughs> again, disagree with you. And I specifically disagree with you in regards to the fact that they're cycling in this in this city, that people take cycling so seriously. And actually, I would think, Lisa, that you would be a little <laughs> bit more sensitive to this issue, given that we live in the Bay Area where cyclists kind of think that they're drivers in a way, <laughs> like drivers of cars, except that they don't feel that they need to respect stop signs and red lights. <laughs> stuff and I I have my own personal vendettas here but um no um, I mean here I I would be scared to bicycle (laughs) because everyone you know it seems to me that cyclists around here many of them you know are you know have to kind of take it seriously and they're right there in the road with the cars and you know granted I, I kind of got the impression just from what I saw on the show that Amsterdam because it's such a cycling friendly city or even cycling dependent city has like totally separate bike lanes like not just a bike lane on the side of a regular lane like we have here so in that sense I I get I mean I get your point but I still feel sorry for her
0: uh, yeah I mine is less about the cycling and just about the fact that she's just so extra like Darcy is just extra like ex- she's so much work and she's so vain and like there's so much going on that she can't... Like, if she was just a regular girl that he was dating and they got on a day, and they got on a bike, if you know, and she'd be fine, but she's so like, oh, God, oh, God, and I gotta go here. Oh, you know, it's just so annoying. And I, I agree that Jesse was a little bit impatient. And he was like, speed up, faster, come on. I know. <laughs> like a montage from Rocky. <laughs> but I could totally... I. I don't know. I feel him. Like, I feel him in a way like I just have zero patience. And this is why I did not go into teaching. My mom was a teacher. My sister was a teacher. And they have like this way about them, this aura. And they're very patient people in a way that I just am not. And I know this about myself. So I don't even try to help my kids with their homework or you know, teach them anything myself. It's probably for the best. I will lose my mind. And my <laughs> husband has banned me from like helping my seven-year-old with her homework because I just get so irritated when she does know it. I know. Haven't, I haven't
1: <laughs> gotten there yet. Like my son, he, he's a toddler, so he does terrible things all the time for attention. But um, there is nothing that I need to really do other than, you know, stop him from killing himself and mm-hmm. ignore him, you know, if he's sort of just whining for no reason or whatever it is. But for you, like if you have a kid that has homework and they need help, you can't just sort of walk away from it, you know, you have to yeah. either you help them or get someone else to help them or, right. or I've del- whatever. So.
0: we've delegated that duty to my husband because he is yeah, infinitely infinitely more well, he's infinitely more kind. Um and he's also just more patient and I just can't handle it. So that's why I like in this sense in this scene I felt Jesse's pain because I mean did she's you do you so agree annoying me? Do you agree with me that she was like
1: genuinely having trouble on the bike? Because that's sort of my main. Okay. That's like my main underlying
0: thesis here. So if you think that she was faking it. No, no, no. I don't think she was faking it. I think she was genuinely having trouble. And I think maybe that's what bothered me too. Like you're 42 (laughs) years old. Did she have comfortable shoes on? Like that. I don't remember. I was literally appropriately. Like was she and her hair. We couldn't put it back. Like there's so. Many I didn't things... notice any of
1: those things. I just oh like gosh. accepted it at face value, and that's totally my fault.
0: There's so many things about her that could have helped this experience go better. Um, but I believe I... you. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. And it's also like one of those things where like do a little bit of research. You know, I've been to Amsterdam. I went there for a wedding. I have a friend who lives there, and before my friend and I went together and before we went we did tons of research on Amsterdam because we were going to be staying there for like a week anyway we were going to go to the wedding but we're staying like a little bit before and a little bit after just in the city and we knew it was like the mecca of like bike riding and there's a lot of cycling and people get around on their bikes and there are all these canals and you know, but a... I do
1: think he kind of surprised her. My impression, like they were kind of walking up to the bikes, and he was like, "Oh, we're gonna do this." She was like, "What?" So even if she knew that they cycle there, you know, and you and I have discussed this in relation to other couples who are meeting for yeah. the first time on before the nine days, it's like, wouldn't you discuss what you were gonna do ahead of time? Like I kind of thought he sprung it on her. I I felt it was another one of these things where he was kind of trying to control or even humiliate her. Who and doesn't I can't know how, say how to ride that a for bike? Certainty. But, I mean, a lot of people are not comfortable on bikes. I mean, I, 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 I didn't, for example, I've been to Amsterdam. I didn't cycle while I was there. I walked around. Like, I easily could have cycled. I don't love to cycle. I certainly didn't want to get in the way of all these, like, practically professional cyclists that are,
0: like, zipping around Amsterdam. That would terrify me. I, I get that. But it, it, it it's not like that. I mean, it's you have like it didn't seem like a elderly, high speed situation. No. I,
1: I agree with you. It's not like they were, in fact, like zipping past her, like it was the, the Tour de France or something. I mean, I get it, it seemed leisurely and it seemed like she was just sort of incapable but i felt sorry for her because she was basically humiliated on television like that's the long and short of it it would have been bad enough for that to just happen with I, her boyfriend there but for all of us in the world to be like watching and laughing at her uh, is seriously
0: bad. seriously Katie, if this is what she humiliates her about being on the show she's got You're bigger right, okay, fair she's enough. got bigger problems fair because... enough there's a lot more to choose from
1: i think my favorite part that was like true 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 comedy cuz i literally lol at this was you know what the sort of end of it I think you know he's realizing it's just not going to work out and they've it's practically been a non-starter and she's like oh what a workout and he looks at his watch and he says we burn 55 calories
0: <laughs> well that's really good too as, clearly she's... as anyone who
1: has a Fitbit or whatever knows 55 calories you
0: burn like chewing gum so. <laughs> yeah I mean clear. she's clearly not I would definitely not describe her as outdoorsy and hey I am not either. Like I'm an indoor girl. Do not take me camping. I will, I have told my, my sister loves to go camping and I always tell her, please take my children so they get that experience because yeah, I guarantee I even, they will not get that experience from me. I don't even glamp. OK. Oh, no. That's like
1: how hard that line is for me.
0: I'm like resorts by the beach. I am not. Yeah, same tent or cabin by the beach. like that's not OK, in so my... you
1: and I'll go on vacation to the beach. We won't yeah. bike ride anywhere and we'll send our husbands with our kids to go camping.
0: Absolutely. Although my husband is not really a camper either. I think that's where that's how that's that's how we knew we were made for each other was when we both decided that we never wanted to go camping, yeah, I guess my <laughs> husband doesn't really camp either now that I think about it okay
1: and and by the way, so after after their bike ride yes, the next part of the segment i one hundred percent agree that she was being certainly passive aggressive, and if it had been me, if I had been Jesse, I would have been genuinely irritated because she sort of Finally, like, hops off the bike with alacrity. You know, she's ready to like throw it in one of the canals. And then she's like, Oh, there's a diamond museum. And she wants to go in there. She says she wants a ring. And she shows him oh, this yes. humongous. It looks, I mean, oh. I think it's supposed to look like a yellow diamond, a canary, yeah, diamond, canary which, diamond. Which would be insane because the A, like, I don't, I mean, I only know this because my mom is very into diamonds and she knows a lot about diamonds, I should say she has told me that any colored diamond is like exponentially more expensive or maybe not exponentially more expensive but much more expensive than a white diamond and so if that thing that she had that like rock she had on her finger was a real canary diamond and she bought it for herself she says to celebrate their love and she wears it on her wedding finger her love finger as she puts it <laughs> and says she wants him to replace it it's like it's on okay, her first love of all, and... first of all you don't buy yourself an engagement ring okay that's sort of like it's generally the rule right and then second of all assuming for the sake of argument that this was a gigantic canary diamond or just a gigantic diamond of any sort why would it be like your throwaway ring that you're like waiting for him to get you another one to replace it with no <laughs> I'm <mean>, crazy I, <laughs> I,
0: I am going to just throw it out there right now that it was not real there's no yeah. way I do not have any faith that this woman is like loaded or you know in any way, has t- so much money that she's gonna buy herself a canary diamond that thing. is I hope
1: it's fake. fake. I of mean, I hope so is. because why would again, why would it just be like this placeholder that again, she's expecting him to buy her a ring and give her a ring on this trip. So this is a very short shelf life, regardless of what it is. And, and- that was crazy, and I thought it was crazy. and I will one hundred percent give you that one,
0: yeah. no. I mean, if she was that rich, she would be throwing that around as more you know, of a way to like catnip reel somebody in.
1: Well, and then she points out this I don't know if it was a I think it was a church or a cathedral. I couldn't tell it was a beautiful oh, building. Jesse points it out, he's just like trying to be polite, you know, trying to be a tour guide, which was nice of him. And she's like, Oh, I wonder if they do weddings there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she's Everything like, is- um it's a public building. I don't know if we can kind of like, that's like the implication was like, I don't know if we can like cordon it off like that. And she's like, Oh well,
0: I'm sure we can find a corner or something. <laughs> I think that's what she said. She reeks of desperation. Like it's just like pouring out of her. It's so yeah. bad. And I And he thinks oh. go ahead, sorry. No, no, I'm just it's just it's disgusting and it's it's I mean, I guess it's sad in some way, but it's also just like You talk about being humiliated on television. Like, isn't it humiliating to be so incredibly insecure and, like, just so desperate to get married to this random person that you probably don't even like? I mean, I feel like, does she even really like him or does she just think he's some hot guy?
1: Okay, I have a very strong opinion about this. I believe Jesse very, very, very effectively talks the talk. So I don't think he's ultimately capable of walking the walk with her. And that's why, and, you know, spoiler alert again, you know, over time, over the rest of the season and the next season, you know, they really do implode, especially when they're physically together. It's just like one thing after another. Um, but that that's kind of what I think is going on is that long distance, he is probably very, very kind of, alluring and capable of creating and sustaining romance because he ha- he, you know he uses this very flower flower language he uses very romantic language cuz it's this constant thing and the reason i noticed it and that's the reason i have such a strong opinion about this is because to me it's inconsistent with the way he actually acts so i always notice why are you talking like that when you're you know you're just totally not backing it up you know mm-hmm. so i do think it's totally and utterly believable that this woman swallowed the bill of sale he sold her just hook, line, and sinker. And she has this wall around her, you know, that's going to be very hard to penetrate with reality.
0: Yeah, but even still, I mean, even if he did sell her this, you know, thing, I I still feel like she's just, I, I don't know. I, she's No, just... you asked if she liked him. I'm just saying yes. Oh. She totally, totally is in love with him. No, but I mean, like, I, okay, she's in love with him. But, like, do you think she really likes him? Or do you think she's, like so caught up in this like fantasy that she's willing to accept him no matter how horrible she thinks he may yeah, be. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the latter more or yeah. less. I mean, yeah, I think a lot I think that's kind of like the basically the theme of this show too. Yeah, cuz it's like some when cost. they find Yeah, it is. It, they've already like invested so much time and money into this at this point. And emotion, and emotion which I actually think is the most important thing. Like it is so hard to walk away When
1: you have like set something up in your mind, especially something permanent like marriage, you know, this isn't like a (coughs) Tesla, you know, that she's wanted since it came out four years ago. She has been wanting a stable relationship and marriage, I assume, for her entire adult life. That's just an assumption that I'm going to make.
0: I just think it's so different when you add it, when you're adding children or when you're affecting children. And I don't whole know. Thing. I, just I don't know. I so think it's so crazy.
1: I think it's easy to, to figure, oh, I can just sort of take a mulligan, you know, on my first marriage and try to give my kids stability. Because it, yeah. if anything, I think it adds to it. Because as parents, we would be I personally would feel I believe I would feel very, very guilty if I separated or divorced from my children's father. And I would be deeply, deeply concerned about the effect that that was going to have on my kids. And I I can totally empathize with wanting to just sort of fix it, you know, like throw some tape on it, you know, spit on it, rub it in, you know, and just put Humpty Dumpty back together. And she's apparently not going to be able to do that with her ex-husband. So she's kind of looking for the next best thing. And this guy, like I said, I think he really sweet-talked her. That's my view.
0: I I think the thing, though, that bothers me about this is that you're you're putting – like I get – wanting things to work out and and I understand that and maybe you know fast tracking a relationship but when this is the first time you're meeting in person Like, to put all your eggs in that basket. Like, I get being, like, wanting your kids to have stability and all of that stuff. But but to put that on some 24-year-old kid. Yeah, I
1: think that's the full (laughs)
0: enjoyment. That's why they're on on a television show. (laughs) I know, but it's just so, like, oh, God. That's why, I think that's why it's also hard for me to have, like, empathy for her. Because I kind of, I feel like, come on. Like, it's just, it's, it's it's similar to the Courtney thing where you're putting all your eggs in this basket that you haven't even been around. You know what I mean? Like be a little bit more realistic. Like I think that's a judgment issue. I think it's a judgment issue. And, and, and that's what we're all judging them on. I
1: I think true. it's true. And You know, it's interesting too, because even Jesse says that he thinks Americans in general, and of course this is the gross generalization rush marriage and end up getting divorced. And so he is seeing her, I would imagine as like the paradigm of this issue, like an American who got divorced, you know, and is now trying to rush him down the aisle. And I'm sure there's nothing more kind of repellent to him than that. So she's really digging her own grave. and She has no idea.
0: Well, I, I quite frankly, you don't have to be Jesse to be irritated by somebody who's constantly pressuring, marriage i mean you yeah but this... imagine
1: how much worse it is for him
0: because he's the one that's actually like the focus yeah, no, that's
1: it. true <laughs> we just get to watch and laugh oh, like, he God. has to deal with this
0: person <laughs> no kidding i yeah anyway but i love
1: how differently you and i view this i think that it it just lends so much to the commentary so good job keep disagreeing with me please <laughs> i beg you
0: i think it this good this speaks to that uh youtube video that i sent you yesterday about
1: how oh, not, my God. not
0: being a lawyer because see when you become a lawyer you become you're dead inside and I was practicing law longer than you so much that's longer. why I am dead inside
1: no I honestly so <laughs> I, I I developed the the view over my short career that I absolutely did not fit in you know that I just could not bring myself to kind of die inside <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I just needed to bounce and yeah. so instead I'm doing you know what all the good people do which is preach to you fine people about 90 day fiance well it's I mean
0: why would you why wouldn't you
1: yeah I'm definitely living my dream. so thank you all for listening <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right so let's see are we ready to move on from the love hand to uh, Sean and Abby
1: yeah we're back at Sean with Sean they're staying in an Airbnb she says or he says because it's her parents live in a bad part of town um (laughs) I I don't really know what to make of that no I maybe it's
0: true I I think it's just that her she lives with her parents yeah exactly that that was that was what I took away from it
1: yeah and then he shows her the duffel full of panties and all the other clothes and he gives us an interesting tidbit which is that he says he's already put $12,000 $12,000 into this relationship and that's where your point about like sunk financial costs comes yeah. in. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money.
2: Yeah, that's true. It is a he lot of money. He hands her a MacBook and an
1: iPad. I mean, those are very expensive electronics.
0: They are. they For somebody who has questionable employment. Um, oh,
1: but my favorite was he said, he, first of all, he calls her his Caribbean goddess, which was troubling and then he says that quote, she inspires him which makes her worth the effort, which is questionable on so many levels. Number one being, what did she inspire? Like a hutch or a yeah, backlash? Isn't he just like a, isn't he just a construct, you know, a, I don't know if he's a contractor.
0: Or, he's helping. Like, him. what does he mean? Yeah, I know. I don't know. It's very strange. Maybe it's just, he, ins- she inspires him to like find love again or something. He's or cheesy panties like that. in bulk. <laughs> yeah, that is well, I mean, it's it's a business. It's a business, right? Because she's reselling everything and he has to make sure that she can take care of herself. And I guess that's that also calls into question his financial um, position because, I mean, I guess if he were more financially stable, he would be pulling like a Jonathan or what most of these other people, m- men do, which is like, send them money every couple weeks. And he, instead, is, like, basically providing huh. her with, like, a business model. Point.
1: It's like a teach a man to fish kind
0: of a thing. Yeah, but I don't think it's a t- – I think in their situation, it's like, I don't have the money to send you. So I'm just going to help you sell shit so that you can make enough money to take care of yourself.
1: <laughs> to be fair, this business seems like it's on more solid sort of just capitalistic grounds. Than a lot of the Real Housewives. I mean, like I said, I'm rewatching, oh, for I'm re-watching, sure. I'm re-watching New York and Sonia is like just getting into her toaster
0: oven thing and it oh, is insane. Word.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, Real Housewives is, is just really, you have too much money and too much time.
1: Well, especially like the Sonia Morgan, at least the idea of Sonia Morgan yeah. of being like Lady Morgan or whatever. So, anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah this, this was just like the underwear files, this segment. Oh yeah.
0: It's just creep. They're just so creepy. I don't know. There's something creepy about how sexual she is uh, with him. I'm worried it, for her. I mean, I really, weird. really, really am worried for her. Yeah. It's just weird. I don't know the whole thing. It's disturbing. All right. So now we go back to Jesse and Darcy.
1: <laughs> I love how they're like getting so much airtime. It really, it makes sense. You know? Because they there's the so most
0: much there.
1: Yeah, there's a lot there. Lots to unpack, including her multiple (laughs) pieces of luggage when he told her to only bring one.
0: Well, she she brought so much luggage, and yet the only shoes she manages to wear (laughs) are those goddamn stilettos.
1: This is another pair, by the way, because the ones in the elevator that got stuck in the elevator were black. And then I believe that in this scene she's wearing nude, which is, I mean, she's walking around Amsterdam in the cobblestones in the evening. And this was just sad because, well besides mentioning marriage every second she also is talking about how uncomfortable she is and how much her feet hurt and he at least is making us think that he told her that they were going to be walking and that she would need to wear comfortable shoes That's sort of
0: what he implies oh i'm Um, sure he probably did and i'm sure she probably didn't pack any comfortable shoes or they didn't go with her outfit so she just said oh i'll be fine as no one's
1: fine in those shoes though this isn't even a close call this isn't like you know know, an inch and a half high wedge or something that's not what this is it's impossible
0: i i know she i mean preach this is so ridiculous (laughs) like she's just so ridiculous and also again this goes back to my research point this is a walking city it is Amsterdam? walking and cycling and she can't do either. <laughs> I know. I mean more than the cycling thing cuz I get it. Like you I when I was in Amsterdam, I don't even think we cycled. I didn't cycle. Yeah. But um yeah. but more than that, it's like it is a walking town. Like I can probably count I can't even remember when we took a cab anywhere. Like for dinner, we would just like walk and like find the place we were going or whatever. But it's it's a walking city. And so for her to pack the most uncomfortable shoes even when he specifically says we're going to go take a stroll um, just seems just dumb to me like come on
1: You know, I'm going to have to go ahead and interject with a personal anecdote if you don't mind
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, obviously we all have stories about having problems walking in heels but mine involves uh, being like I don't know if I was I think I was 14 or 15 years old I went to visit my grandfather who was an artist and kind of like just a flamboyant guy and just so I absolutely loved him and he lived in Florida and I went and stayed with him for like a week and he took me shopping because I had actually managed to forgot forget excuse me my entire suitcase at home in New Jersey like it just didn't make it into the car so when I got to Florida to visit him for a week he had to take me right to the mall and just buy me like you know enough basically enough stuff for the trip, but he really enjoyed it. Like he absolutely loved sort of being there. We spent like a long time with them all. I remember it really well. It was super fun. And one of the things he bought me was a pair of bright pink stiletto strappy heels, Hmm. which is crazy because I was 14 and I also did not know how to walk in heels at all. Actually, I still don't know how to walk in heels. And so, you know, they were sort of just fun and I never wore them on the trip, but I brought them. I insisted on bringing them to Paris where I went with my parents and my sister just like a little bit after I got home from this trip to Florida. This was a very big summer for me. And we go to Paris and we go and I insist on wearing these shoes sort of, we take a cab to the pier to get on a boat for a dinner cruise. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know if it was because the drinking age is different in France or if there was just nobody paying attention, but I must have downed an entire bottle of wine. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God, I was just drinking. And um, my, my, I think my sister was too, actually, I don't remember. So I get like more and more drunk. I actually took my shoes off under the table because even just sitting at my seat at the dinner table in these shoes was painful. I can't tell you how or why, but it was. They were just the worst, most uncomfortable shoes that have ever been created with the possible exception of these Louboutins that Darcy was wearing. Mm-hmm. So by the time we dock, you know, three hours later I am three sheets to the wind. And I'm like, <laughs> I have to put my shoes back on and I'm, like, hobbling down the gangway. I'm lucky I didn't topple over into the the Seine. And I get to the bottom. And to make a long story short, I sort of managed to, like, make such an ass of myself in the middle of the pier that enough French people kind of gathered around me caught wind of the problem which was that by this point my feet were literally cut up and bleeding oh my god and i could not make it back to the hotel and we couldn't find a cab because it was late and i I don't remember what was going on maybe we had called a cab from the hotel and now the plan was to walk it was maybe like a 10 minute walk and there was just no way and so i ended up with this like circle of people around me chanting basically telling me to to throw my shoes into the river which is exactly what i did Nice. And then I proceeded to walk home also in on cobblestones but in Paris not Amsterdam barefoot.
0: Nice.
1: And of course hammered which made the whole thing very funny to me. I think my parents thought it was hilarious. It's still like a family joke that you know my shoes and my pink shoes are somewhere at the bottom of the river. So
0: that could have been an option for Darcy. I'm just putting it out there. She's not going to throw her $900. And by the way, those are not $900. I Just... think they're really expensive. Yeah, but they're not $900. No, I think they are. No, Honestly, they're not. I would not. Did
1: you do a deep dive? Um, I have those shoes. Show the receipts. Oh, you have the actual shoes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, show me your Google search. But
0: I guess you have an actual receipt in that case. I do. And I... I well... Wait, you
1: have those exact... That's insane. Why would you buy those? Why would I don't you wear those? Them?
0: I have them in black. And I don't have them anymore. I have since... Um, retired them, but I have I have a pair of Louboutins that were actually like almost a thousand dollars. That oh my were god, very very sparkly. I mean, you have your shoe, you have your handbag thing. I have my shoe thing.
1: Oh no, no judgment. So- please. I'm <laughs> impressed. I actually, what size are you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll be coming by. <laughs> but I it have <laughs> these spark uh, that I cannot wear anymore because I just cannot wear heels anymore. But um, but the black ones, they're just like the basic black Louboutin. And they're like, I mean, they're like six seventy six ninety five or something. So they're, okay, they're mean, not these are, cheap.
1: These ones are exceptionally high, though. So I wonder if when you get like an <sighs> extra inch or two of heel, if it goes up exponentially, that would not surprise me.
0: It might, I don't think it does though. I really, the higher
1: don't. the heel, the closer to God. Hello, Lisa. <laughs> I know,
0: I just, you better put those puppies back on. I don't know. I just, this woman is, I feel like she went, she wants to impress him. So she went shopping and she got like three pairs or one pair or two pairs of Louboutins and then like is wearing them as much as she possibly can because of what they are. Not because I think they
1: make her feel sexy. I, that's really that's yeah honestly that's what I true. think I because that's the point is. of those shoes like you know I've heard them referred to as come fuck me shoes like those are <laughs> shoes that are like literally made and built to make women feel beautiful and look beautiful and I get it I mean I think I think women look amazing in heels now I also don't think we should have to wear them ever because they're so uncomfortable right um, I think my favorite thing was in have you ever seen the movie she's the man
0: Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I with have. Amanda
1: Bynes. I actually yes. loved that movie when it came out. I think I was pretty young. I don't remember how old I was. Um, and young enough to, like, watch it in earnest. It's yeah. really funny looking back. Anyway, I think my favorite part was when um, the girl, the main girl, Amanda Bynes, who's sort of a tomboy, she's having to wear heels to go to, like, debutante um, events or something like that that her yes. mom wants her to go to. And she says something like, um, do you want to know why men invented heels? And she said the reason
0: was to make it harder for women to run away. <laughs> <laughs> but I
1: think Jesse would let her go. <laughs> oh, God. That out he, there.
0: he would encourage her. He's probably mad she didn't bring running shoes.
1: Now he's mad that he made that, like, public vow to get her to the airport, you know? <laughs> he
0: <I laughs> didn't know. leave her on the side of the canal. <laughs> he's like, shit, now I gotta actually make sure she gets there. <laughs> um, yeah. So they, uh, let's see. So they sit down. Oh, they or he decides. Okay, fine. Let's just go get some money. Right. So they go and oh no. As they're going around, they they stop at the restaurant. They're sitting down and like, I she just can't let it. What, have you changed your Facebook status? Oh, the Facebook thing. Yeah. I mean, tough. you are forty two years old. Does it really? Do you really? Who gives a shit what their status is? I don't even know what my husband's status yeah,
1: is. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know <laughs> even know what my status is. I wish to check, but, you know, that But that begs the question, what, what does he care? If it's just his status, and it doesn't mean anything, and he's like, again, as I said, I think he's really talking big game, then why wouldn't he change his status? Like, what does that hurt him? You know, I mean, I, I understand yeah. why it's
0: making her kind of question him.
1: Like, if it isn't a big deal, then just fucking do it.
0: Yeah, I guess I just... Oh God, I don't know. It was just such a like a random thing to ask about, but I guess people do. I don't know. I wasn't dating he- in the in the heavily face in the Facebook age. I guess. Yeah,
1: but you're married in the Facebook age, and you just said you don't even know. I don't even know either. Well, that's actually, what I'm now saying. Now that I think about it, because it doesn't matter. I mean, actually, I don't even think many people that I know have their relationship status like as part of their public no profile, I know that's you know? I,
0: but that's what I mean. I wasn't dating I'm not dating now so I don't know if it would come up in conversation yeah obviously. I don't either. I highly I don't, doubt I it. I don't, don't. Although I dated in the Facebook age for sure. And I, I don't so, remember it being an issue. I seem it feels like it's so juvenile to just be like well, what's your status on Facebook? I like, agree. I, like, I get that vibe too. it's just so weird for somebody like heard that a parent you know and I, I don't know there's something about it that just ugh, I don't know well, the me.
1: idea the idea generally that it sort of isn't real if it's not on social media is troubling like that yeah that in, in and of itself sort of speaks a certain amount of insecurity oh, you know it's, sure. it's like oh if it isn't on Instagram it didn't happen it's like that's not true maybe you were just enjoying the moment enough that you didn't stop to take a picture now this is coming from someone who takes Literally a thousand pictures of my kids every day. So I'm not saying that, you know, it isn't nice to document things, but um, I think when it reaches that level where you or, or not just the level but if you if you actually don't believe in the legitimacy of whatever it is that you're trying to publish mm-hmm. then i think it becomes problematic and that's what's happening here where she's questioning the status of her own relationship so she wants to have it like written down somewhere documented she and everybody else can see it document it's almost like evidence you know like yeah yes we really are together and the other thing about relationship status on facebook is i believe you can say that you're in a relationship sort of just generally but unless the other person that you want to say you're in the relationship with also sort of like agrees to it on Facebook then you can't you can't kind of publish it you can't involve them at all kind of in your status so if he's sort of like (laughs) refusing to click the button again I understand why she would be
0: well then it it begs like then it's even more of a passive aggressive thing because she's like what's your status she knows what it is because you won't accept her probably daily appeals to him to accept <laughs> that she wants to put in a relationship
1: and then she says when when he's sort of like i guess his general response is oh well my friends know kind of in real life whatever whatever that's worth she says she thinks that maybe he's holding back on something <laughs> 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 hopefully she means something beyond his facebook status I know. but it's
0: unclear oh my <laughs> god her race on detre yeah i think it is um, okay, so then now we go to Courtney. Oh my God. Girl's night. So many things with this one. It's Girl's Night, It's Voice of Reason night. It's Voice of Reason night. And I'm just appalled that the voice of reason didn't come out sooner on this one.
1: I agree, especially when they have like a, a confessional with the, her two friends and the interviewer, the producer, whatever asks them what they think about Courtney's like dating history. And they literally just burst out laughing. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs>
2: it's
1: like that's enough
0: commentary in and of itself. <laughs> exactly. And you know, it speaks volumes that she's been catfished before. But that was the, thing, hilarious. the thing that shocks me about that is you've been catfished before. And yet you're willing to go to another country to stay with a guy who you have never spoken to in real yeah life. I mean she
1: notes that the catfishing thing happened and then she kind of immediately pivots and she says something like but I think Antonio's is completely different there are some red flags but it's all good there's
0: no proof he's lying <laughs> it's
1: like okay that's a low bar
0: <laughs> oh I mean there's so many low bars with this it's one like, is
1: she is she saying what it sounds like she's saying that she thinks that they're I mean she says red flags like it, does she have a significant suspicion that this guy is actually catfishing her as opposed to just being someone wildly inappropriate to be in a relationship with, assuming he was like who he says he is sort of a thing. I mean, I don't, I don't even know. I can't even tell, to be honest. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't know. But it seems odd to me that her best friend, you know, her BFF, who's like a cyber, who's like a very skilled cyber stalker waits until like the day before she's leaving to go to Barcelona to cyberstalk this guy. Like, why haven't you been doing this the entire time? Well, maybe she didn't really tell them
1: much about him or enough to look him up, especially if she knew that the one was going to be a cyberstalker. You know, Courtney could be sort of willfully ignorant here, you know, like not wanting to know that he's you know, hopefully not an axe murderer, but you know, maybe not totally legit as far as a
0: romantic partner goes because it's it's easier to just not face it. You know, I guess so. But then she does find out that he takes erotic photos.
1: He has a penchant for posing naked with handcuffs dangling. But he's so cute. I mean, I have to forgive him. I, You know, I don't hate it.
0: I he, don't... He's very good looking. It just yeah. seemed like such an odd thing to be, like, scandalized by.
1: Well, and also, to that point, you know, she says, and I think they're the, the show is trying to make it sound like a red flag that he hasn't told her about those photos. I I didn't think that was that was, I didn't think that held water because it's like, he, you know, he's in Europe. It's a different kind of code a little bit as far as what people are comfortable with. We are very prudish here in the United States, like as a general, you know, as a just gross generalization. And if he told her he was a model, why would he feel the need to, like, break down for her or send her every single picture that's ever been taken of him? I thought that was silly.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I thought that was pretty silly myself. And, and, and it's, not, also, it's not pornography. I mean, you can't see anything, so, and, and you know. Not to mention the fact that all of his pictures are sort of provocative anyway. Yeah, like, exactly. it shouldn't be a shock that he would be um, – that he would be doing erotic pictures or post yeah, I mean what, or whatever. what's like, the
1: difference really between like glistening abs as he's like standing there in in his underwear and like a glimpse of his butt cheek? Yeah, I, I don't think that we're
0: talking about a you know major difference here, so yeah, um, so yeah, I thought that was uh, very strange. Um, and you know if this guy this is she's another one of those people that's like, I'll be devastated if I find out he's catfishing me. I mean, she like, probably will be. But I don't think why would you put all of your eggs in this basket that you have never even talked to?
1: Like, maybe... Again, I think he talks good game, or I should say texts good game.
0: I know, but that's the thing. Like, he texts. Like,
1: I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but that's, the, that's, not, that's almost nice, you know? Then Then she doesn't have to deal with extending herself in that way either. You know, it could be that you have kind of a... A perfect match here of two people who maybe aren't actually ready to have a real relationship but this sort
0: of keeps their toe in the water have you thought about that it's like I will I will give up on men entirely if this man does not pan out yeah but that's not true so you I know, know she can that's say what true. she wants okay that's true she's like um I don't really want to jump to conclusions jump sister jump how high (laughs) fly run whatever like yet come on oh god anyway all right so then we go to um paul and Creaney. yeah he's struggling with his many foot lockers yet again this is just like (laughs) a running gag (laughs) it totally is he's such a oh man i can't um the other thing so is i should probably know this and i didn't do any research um as is par for oh, the. Oh, I
1: know what you're gonna ask me. Yeah, is Brazil a third world country? I don't know.
0: I, I don't have no idea. I want to say it's probably not, because he's like, it is very poor where she is, and he says this is the closest to a third world. I've been to a third world country, but I, I, I just didn't do enough research to figure out if that was something dumb to say or makes well, sense
1: he's I think he said he felt like he'd gone back in time he said the third world country thing but I think you know in that vein he was saying he felt like he went back in time and I kind of get that I don't think that's a ridiculous thing to say I mean her family for example they kind of pan over to her house and you don't see the whole thing but it kind of looks like almost like a shack
0: oh yeah I and I'm sure I'm sure it is it's it's very I'm it is very culturally shocking for him I'm yeah, it's, it's, so it's fair <laughs> enough.
1: I mean, you yeah. know, if he doesn't
0: use, like, politically correct terminology, I mean, I
1: he's... Yeah, I'm I sure. didn't expect
0: that of him, frankly. I'm not mad at you, Paul. <laughs> not, for uh, anyway. <laughs> not for this, anyway. Not for this, anyway. Give me time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have anything more for Paul and Karini? Actually. Um, so... Then we go, obviously, back to the uh, the show favorites for this episode. Um, Jesse and Darcy.
1: Hi sorry there. About, hi. Sorry about that, guys. We've had so many technical issues on this episode. I, I don't know what's going on, um, but please bear with us. And we're almost done. We're just on Darcy, we're... and I think this is the last segment.
0: Yeah, it is. So we get to our favorites, Darcy and Jesse. And, uh oh, shit, they're getting ready for bed.
1: And oh, this was the most cringy, almost one of the most cringy scenes that
0: I've seen in this entire show. See, and I, I actually thought it was kind of sweet that he wanted her to take off her makeup. And the reason why is because, and maybe this is just from my own personal experience, is because, like. Like, my husband is always telling me, like, you look so beautiful without makeup. You don't need a lot of makeup. And I just think it's very endearing and very sweet. So when he tells her, you know, take off your makeup. What are you doing? We're going to bed. You know, I I didn't see it as, like, a, a horribly controlling thing. Okay, I would agree with you.
1: If they were not being filmed in this, like, horribly awkward, like, pre-coitus scene where it's like obviously she's not going to want to take her makeup off with the camera still around i mean that that was my impression so this was one of those like fourth wall moment Mm -hmm. moments for me where i had to like i i sort of realized in the moment oh yeah his efficiency apartment is like filled to the brim right now with cameramen and lighting people and whoever else and it's like this woman who wears a decent amount of makeup is unlikely to feel comfortable taking off sort of her mask in front of all of us as opposed to just in front of him
0: all right i'll give you that one
1: and he says she's overdoing it and messing up her natural beauty those are not nice things those are not the kind of endearments that your husband is saying to you you're so beautiful without it is very different than you know you essentially don't look good with it you see what i mean yeah but i mean
0: but he's not wrong
1: Well, but that's, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, that's such a subjective statement. Like, your opinion is that she doesn't look great with makeup on, all this makeup on. My opinion is also that she doesn't look that great with all this makeup on. But guess what? I'm guessing she thinks it makes her look better. And for her, it makes her feel comfortable. And that's just my guess. And so for him to, for him to like literally try to physically do it for her, which I think he either offered to or took some swipes at her, I don't remember, um, (laughs) is, is, is controlling to me that that's how
0: it read to me all right i didn't see this controlling but i do see your point about there being like she's extremely vain and there are a lot of cameras around so i could see why she wouldn't want to be makeup free in that moment
1: now to your i mean sort of on the other side of the coin is she's comfortable enough to tell the cameraman that she thinks that their quote sexual appetites will match. And that is what made <laughs> this the cringiest moment oh, for me. For ever. sure.
0: Like ew. Like what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. I there's so much that ugh I yeah. I mean I always I just always find it cringy when you see people like post having had sex on a reality show yeah or
1: pre as it is in this case
0: yeah or it's just it's just weird like there it's too you're talking about it too much like it there's yes. something Some very things need awkward. to stay private yeah there's something very awkward it's very um the bachelor like in the bachelor it's they it's voyeuristic all the time. it's voyeuristic yeah but not in a way that anybody wants to see it
1: no it's like you're somewhere that you don't want to be, yeah, you know? oh, yeah, like in a negative way, <laughs> well I felt that way like when when with the tamara and Eddie judge bathtub scene, it was yeah. like, no, I get that you've got this storyline this season that you've got this hot young man, you know Pete Eddie is a good looking guy, like we didn't actually need to see all of this, you know you're yeah. you're overproving your case, we get it, yeah, yeah, and that was this, and with this, it was even worse because I. To me, at least, it looked like he wasn't attracted to her.
0: No, I don't think he is. So that's why
1: again, the makeup thing comes off kind of nasty, because it's like, if this is someone who isn't really trying to tell her, oh, I think you're so gorgeous without your makeup, please show me your true face, that's different than like, you know, kind of either way, he doesn't look really that
0: down to me. No, that's true. I think that he's I mean, these are all just fallout from I think he he knew what her picture looked like, but I don't think he expected what she actually looked like in real life. Um, I get that impression too. And so I think that he probably was saying all those like really amazing things, um, you know, when they would talk or by video or whatever, And, and he might have even felt them to a certain degree, but then when he sees her in person, he realizes like the connection is not there.
1: That's my impression. I completely agree with you.
0: But he's got to
1: go through with it, right? Yeah, I mean, he did promise that he would get her home, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, and with that, I think, uh, unless you have anything else.
1: No, I don't, and again, I apologize for the technical difficulties. We're working on them. This was our third Archive episode. Um, Next up will probably be the new episode of 90 day fiance so be on the lookout for that
0: all right sounds good all right bye guys bye
2: legal disclaimer this is a personal podcast just for fun solely meant for entertainment purposes we are lawyers but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast we're not creating any kind of attorney-client relationship in the podcast and also keep in mind that Anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality or anything or anyone else. Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Saad individually. Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you.